Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, hello everyone. I wish you a good day and thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. So how's things, Benji? You had a good week? Uh, yeah, I've had an okay week, you know, actually, if I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest, I've been a little bit, um, a little bit less than perfect. I've been a bit, uh, uh, operating on uh, a few stories down from the cloud 999 that I've been stratospherically beaming across for the last several months. So, um, you know what, it's, uh, all's fair, you know, it's, uh, it's about, it's about time. Yeah. I was due a bit of a, a bit of a wallow in the mud. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've been a little bit less than perfect, but life's still pretty sweet, man. What about you? Well, you know what they say, mate, life is a roller coaster. What goes up must come down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully you're not too blue, but, um, you know, it's an appropriate time to ask what you, what are you grateful for? Mm, well, I'm actually I'm I'm grateful for a bunch of things at the moment. So you're you're gonna have to humour me because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna chew your ears off for a little bit about uh, about how grateful I am. Um, but I guess I'll start honestly with the fact that yeah, I've, I have had a couple of really really quite rubbish days. Not any particular reason. Just uh, a few things got to me that you know perhaps wouldn't have in the past. I just maybe you know maybe i'm running out of serotonin because i've been you know i've been burning it in all cylinders for for mm-hmm. some while now uh and yeah i just uh, i've just been a bit deflated a bit flat uh i've lost uh my get up and go has got up and gone and um oh dear. And i haven't been able to you know get myself motivated um for a couple of days however uh in this uh deflated unmotivated time i've actually had a really really wonderful experience a couple of days ago i kind of organized a little uh, a little night surf um the surf looked like it was going to be quite good and the moon was full uh quite Ooh, a spectacular nice. full moon it's uh, the sun sunsets and the moon rises over the last week have been absolutely phenomenal they're they're absolutely mind-blowing the colors have blown me away and i i take the dog for glorious a it is it is really special around here. I take the dog for a little blast. Uh, he runs behind me as I blast it on the e-bike um, to the cliff edge and uh, and watch the sun go down and the colours change in the sky and it's incredible. Anyway, um, arranged this sort of night surf uh, and um, uh, last minute um, uh, my mate uh, bailed out, so it ended up just being me there, and um, I was just. Uh, uh, like I say, I was a bit lackluster, and I was just sat on the beach by myself, uh, you know, drinking a cup of tea, and uh, and watching the moon and the stars come out. And uh, the waves actually weren't all that good, but it was just not a nice place to be. And mm. you know, and there was this this um, this couple came onto the beach. I was sat on a rock uh, just just above the ocean, and uh, this couple sort of ran onto the beach, you know, laughing and giggling, and and I was like, oh shit, I better. N- make myself known to them before they start banging on the beach under the moonlight and then <laughs> I'm some sort of you know dastardly pervert sitting on a rock wanking and crying <laughs> so, so I sort of sort of made made myself a bit louder and more you know jostly and uh, kind of went for a little walk and they obviously saw me and they still managed to make love somewhere on the beach I think but um yeah, I can. Cont- we kept ourselves to ourselves. I didn't. I didn't join in or watch or anything like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just sat 
And I just felt really grateful for like a wonderful place, time, view to be sad in. Like it was such a great place to be sad. Like the, the full moon is really sort of, mm. you know, emulates that. It's quite reflective of a, of a, of a somber, you know, deep mm. mood. And, you know, the waves were small, but they were clean and the, the moonlight was glistening off the wall of the waves. And I was like, wow, this is this is phenomenal. And I just felt really content uh, in my sadness. It was it was good. And um, yeah, after a while of just staring at the sea and drinking my tea, I was like, you know what? The waves are tiny, but I'm going to get in anyway, because it just looks like a great place to be. Like, I want to be there in this glassy water. So I, I got dressed and. uh uh, and hopped in and uh, as I hopped in the waves just picked up and like within nice. the first minute I just caught this beautiful little glassy peeler right across the beach and I oh, just I just felt I just felt glorious it was it was incredible you know a, a, a beautiful a beautiful sadness that was it was very you know wonderfully remedied by just a, an amazing time in nature and I just felt really it felt like what I was looking at was was a planet. I was very aware that we were on a planet. I was like, oh my God, this is such a, a great planet. Like, granted, I haven't technically visited any other planets, you know, physically. <laughs> uh, maybe I've been there a few times with the help of a few substances, but like, I did really feel... <laughs> Like the, I was like, ah, oh, this planet rocks. I love the water and the sand and this light in the sky. It's all so great. And uh, yeah, that was that was a wonderful thing to be grateful for, uh, to be content in my sadness and and to be brought out of it by uh, by a really beautiful evening. I can imagine. Uh, the, the thing is, when you're out at nighttime, it's much more obvious that we're on a planet. When you're out in the daytime, it's just like, oh, this is just the world. This is just the world that we live in. But when when the sun goes down and the moon comes out and you can see the stars, you're like, oh, cri- crikey, we are in a ball of, of space. We're just a speck of dust, you know, like in this mm. glorious galaxy. And it gives a yeah. lot of perspective. But uh, exactly, how yeah. did you still feel sad when you were in such a beautiful space? Oh, it's just, you know, I don't think uh, depression has any caveats, really, like that. Uh, that's often, I mean, it wasn't, I'm not saying it was depression, but generally when, you know, when you feel that sort of sadness, it's, uh, it's not, it's not due to anything. It's just, you know, it's within yourself. It's often actually worse to be in, you know, uh, an elevated or exciting or, you know, textbook happy situation because you just, you just find yourself giving yourself um a a harder time because you're like oh why am I sad now like we're at a theme park or you know or we're here or I'm with this person or I'm doing that I I should be happy why am I not and when you Mm -hmm. when you feel that you're not and you really should be you you, you really well I really you know give myself quite a quite a harsh reckoning I suppose it's easier if you're on if you're on your own as well. If you're on your own and you're in the in the sea, and again, that's a kind of like a somber, you know, full moon and it's dark, and you're like, well, you know, what, I'm yeah. You could be content in your sadness there, and mm. I guess that's kind of beautiful in a way. Yeah, it's nice to it's nice to. It felt like I was you know that I was that nature was reflecting me. It was it was you know I was there alone apart from the you know the the couple who I didn't know where they were. Um, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a it's a profoundly somber and deep, you know, situation, and it, it just gives you lots of lots of space to to just you know ponder and sit there. I I will say that I I certainly wasn't sad once I was, you know, 
catching the waves under the moonlight. I was that was that was a that was a really beautiful remedy. But like you know, it was <laughs> it was nice not to resist the sadness to like you know mm. be trying to get myself out of it or anything like that. It just was nice to be like, oh cool, I'm just gonna sit here and you know be a bit sad and like give it give it the space it needs probably. And was there any reason that you were feeling sad? Was there like a something that happened recently or was it just you know generally the up and down of of life yeah just the up and down of life you know just a few few little bits and bobs nothing nothing uh particular or worth mentioning but you know just a you know just a few things that got to me but i think you know i think when it's overdue or i think when you spend a lot of time you know really feeling like you're you know you're 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 dancing on the sky and you know enjoying life to to the absolute fullest you sort of feel like you you know you owe a bit of sadness and it's actually really nice to be to be down or or to be in pain of some kind or like some kind of suffering I've definitely said this many times because when you come out of it it's even you know, it's so you're never happier or more relieved when you just come out of some sort of pain or suffering you're like oh yeah this is great I'm so glad you know my knees yeah. don't hurt or I'm not you know sad I think because you can't, if you're happy all the time, you've got nothing to contrast it to. Like that's why you can't mm. be happy all the time. Because if you were happy all the time, it would just be normal. Um, mm. So I guess when you have that moment of sadness and you come back out, you're like, oh yeah, oh happiness. <laughs> that's even, you know, that's shining <laughs> even brighter now because of the, yeah, the dark yeah. days. Yeah, especially it's important to have the contrast, like the pain, because it's, it's like when you're at the gym, like it's really hard. Oh yeah, it's not like pleasant when you're. When you're in pain, but then afterwards you get that, ah, oh, nice. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Mm. I, I, I definitely, uh, I think I've told you before, but there's that, um, there's that quote from the, uh, the chef that I used to work with years and years ago in Switzerland, who, uh, who was just like quite, quite a grumpy, stoic fellow. And I was always trying to win him over with my, you know, gay and, you know, lighthearted mood of, <laughs> you know, Benji the clown. <laughs> And uh, he was just like, hello, Benji. And uh, and then um, he was like, how are you today, Benji? And I was like, oh, I'm happy, man. I'm always happy. And he was like, there are only two types of people that are always happy, Benji. One of them are very, very stupid. And the other are liars. Which one are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I guess I'm a fucking liar then. Because <laughs> I don't want to be stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's really weird Benji. that you said... Uh, he was a grumpy stoic man. Uh, what makes you conflate stoicism with grumpiness? <laughs> well, I guess like to me, he was grumpy, uh, and now in retrospect, I think he was a bit more stoic. Like he, he wasn't, he wasn't grumpy. I was just annoying. I think probably is more, <laughs> more, more accurate. I experienced him as grumpy when I was younger, and you know, quite, uh, you know, quite excited. Um, but uh, yeah, he was—he was—he was just—he was just a calm man, you know. Had enough of my buzzing like a bee in his ear. I guess so. I like to think of myself as quite stoic, and I don't like to think of myself as grumpy. Although I can definitely be grumpy. I can definitely come across as grumpy. Um, mm-hmm. well, that's go. so interesting. I've never really thought about. Um, but people have described like stoic people as grumpy oh he's very stoic and mm. but i think yeah i mean try not to get too excited in the in the in the high times and then try not to get too sad in the low times you know maintain mm. that stoic but yeah i guess that is that's interesting 
Very interesting. Yeah, I think maybe I am a, a bit stoic, but uh, does that make me grumpy? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely you're, on, you're actually on the just skip. grumpy and you prefer to call yourself stoic. But yeah. Um, on the anyway, as I said, I'm definitely somewhere on there. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but yeah. Uh, so I, as I said, I want to add a little something more to my uh, to my list of uh, of, of gratitudes today. Uh, so I want to I want to add that I'm actually um, super grateful for, for this uh, for this podcast, um, and I'm not going to blow smoke up our asses like like we have done before. But I was thinking about it because we've spoken quite a few times about how the practice of just like looking for stuff to be grateful is pretty helpful. And obviously, um, both of us do like a gratitude journal and, you know, we're, we're quite active in practicing it in the hope that, you know, it will pay off. And I think both of us would, would say that, you know, we've both seen a measured uh, difference in in how helpful it has been and, you know, the, the level of um, gratitude that you go through life with and, you know, how, how much easier it makes life, how much more fun it makes life. And um, I, I genuinely, for the first time, felt the benefits of the podcast because I was just cycling along, and I was just real. I just realised that I was my brain was just on a loop of like, oh, what, what are you, I going to be grateful for? Like, I want to have something good to be grateful for on on the podcast, and it was a little bit, you know, shall we say, superficial. It felt, but also it was just, it was just very firmly and obviously. It puts me in the zone of like, oh, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to be grateful for? Mm. And I think where where it could be construed that, you know, it's quite nice to have something rather spectacular to be grateful for. Like, oh, I, I was having a dream and, you know, the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy jumped out of my dream into reality and fed me cream eggs and gave me a reach around and you know it was the most <laughs> elevated beautiful moment of my life and that's what I'm grateful for that actually you know you kind of end up feeling that it's kind of even nicer or you know even more helpful to find gratitude in the tiny things the little things the tiny moments and yeah I just I just really felt I was like oh wow I, I th- having this sort of background intention in my head of like oh you know what am i what am i gonna what am i grateful for what am i going to use as as what i'm going to say this week it's a really helpful engine in my brain to just be constantly looking for things to be grateful for and it's uh and it definitely works and uh you know i'm i'm grateful for it working oh that's so lovely man um but the thing is i was going to be grateful for the podcast too so i can't be grateful for the (laughs) podcast too (laughs) Oh, this is just turning into a bit of a circle jerk. Oh, I love our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 well. I'm not, you know, the podcast could be crap or or good. I'm just saying the the practice of it uh, has has become very helpful for me. Oh, that's so lovely, man. Yeah. Um, Well, the reason I was going to be grateful for the podcast is just because of the opportunities it's brought me recently. So an opportunity presented itself this week. Uh, A listener got in touch with me. Often when I speak about mushroom ceremonies on the podcast, people do get in touch and say, oh, what does a mushroom ceremony consist of? How do you do one? You know, what's the difference between a recreational and a a ceremonial uh, experience? And Mm. 
you know, it's it's lovely. And a couple of people reached out to me. One of them, his name was Tom Powell. And during our exchange of voice notes, it suddenly occurred to me that this guy was there on the day of my accident. There was a guy called Tom and he tumbled uh, the run before the fatal run, not the, 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 tr the tragic run where I broke my back. Uh, mm. He was riding with me and Pete that day. He tumbled in the snow, his goggles came off and they filled with snow. And I said, oh, you should really wear a helmet because my helmet does actually keep my goggles on it and it protects my head. And about mm. 20 minutes later, it also saved my life. But in a very weird way, him not wearing a helmet may have saved his life because he actually went off down to happy hours to clean his goggles because he couldn't get the snow out mm. of them. They was, you know. And then, so anyway, I said, oh, there was a guy called Tom who was with me that day. Was it you? Were you that Tom? And the next voice note I got was like, oh my God, that was me. I was there that day. That's crazy. I haven't even put those two things together in four and a half years. You know, and he also listens to the podcast. I love finding someone who I didn't know listened to the podcast. He, he mm. was referencing loads of other episodes and I was like, oh my God. Like he, he was like, yeah, I love the podcast. I was like, well, my next question was of course, do you want to be on it? Because like we have a great, <laughs> um, we're trying to get like our listeners engaged. And I said on the last podcast, if you want to get in touch uh, and, and, you know, come on the podcast. And he was like, I'd love that. You know, he was, he was so stoked. Um, so I recorded a podcast with him yesterday, which was brilliant. And it was lovely to uh, engage with, with a listener and, and, a, and an old friend. Granted, I never really knew him that well. But yeah, it was it was really lovely. And we spoke about some beautiful things. We had a lot of things that resonated like to do with mental health. He shared some beautiful things, which um, are going to be available on, on the next podcast that I release. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just so, so lovely that this podcast is uh, bringing these opportunities around that I can meet new people, uh, engage with them. Again, over the form of a podcast, it is a very structured, beautiful conversation. And yeah, it's just a crazy story, man. It's just a crazy story that mm. um, one of the listeners ended up, he was there on the day. And uh, and that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that is. What a coincidence. That's amazing. Cool, mm. man. Wonderful. I actually, I, I, have, I have one more thing. Uh, to add, just uh, just mainly because uh, I I want to give a a little shout out to to a friend of mine as well. He um he was listening to the podcast. He in fact uh, binged watched us for three hundred and fifty miles. Um, he said. Uh, so we uh, we obviously kept Crikey. in company over a really long drive. He must know us drive. very intimately now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's an old friend of mine. Uh, yeah, um, Barry. He's uh, he's a good friend from university, and uh, it actually nice sparked one, Barry. Us up. Give him a good old shout out. We're at Barry. <laughs> it sparked a little conversation between us, and um, I actually ended up having to sack off the the com uh, the conversation because um, our shock horror Benji, the all time terrible uh, driver, has uh, has upturned his vehicle again. Uh, so I uh, I managed to get oh my my car stuck this time. Uh, still still on the driveway, but it was uh, it wasn't completely overturned, but it was it was pretty pretty skew if. And uh, it just sort of like unfolded to be a really wonderful example of uh, community and neighbours. And yeah, I just I ended up being really grateful for, for the place that I am. And um, Barry actually said to me, he was, like, oh, this is bullshit, mate. You, you know, you're obviously just uh, you're obviously just creating these events. So you've got something to say on the podcast. Like, oh, what should I do? Don't want to be boring. I better crash the car. Then I'll have something to say. <laughs> 
So, yeah, um, so I blow thought up the van. That'll make a good episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, so I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd sh- shove this little gratitude in there because Barry was like, "Oh, I bet you're going to be grateful for this." And I was like, "You know what? I am." Um, so yeah, I was actually, um, I was on the way to physio, and I was in a rush because I was a little bit late, and that's how I managed to um, drive the car uh, into a ditch. And um, and then I was Is like, "This your little Honda." The little Honda, yeah, the little life-saving Honda. Um, is this the same ditch like, you uh, crashed your van into like, like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a tricky <laughs> ditch. It's a tricky ditch. Um, clearly, is this the same ditch that you were thinking? Of? I could, I could fill that in with a shovel in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, and that that would be the end of my issues. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't, did I? Because I'm lazy. And, Amazing. Um, uh, so you yeah, are was, just doing uh, it for the potties. You're just doing it for the stories, surely. <laughs> well, you know, people are going to get bored if I drive another vehicle into the ditch. I mean, this one's probably boring as it is. Nevertheless, um, you'll be the boy who cried ditch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss physio. That sucks. And then uh, it occurred to me, I was like, oh, maybe actually uh, Christian and Grace just down the road, they can help me. So I messaged them, and they were like, yeah, of course. Um, why don't you borrow a car? So I just literally cycled down the road. It's less than, you know, it's about two minutes cycle down the road and they kindly lent me their car and I and I drove to physio and I, I made it there with a few minutes to spare. Um, so that was obviously a really wonderful, kind gesture of them just to, just to lend me their car just with no notice whatsoever. Like, I'm coming to get the car. Is that okay? Like, yeah, the keys are over here. Um, and then as I'm driving to physio, my other neighbour who lives up the hill, Bennett, was like, dude, your car doesn't look like a car should look at the moment. Uh, is is everything okay? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm at physio. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. He was like, oh, do you want, do you want to, I'm getting it out. Like, you know, um, I'm around later if uh, if you need any help. And I was like, oh, that's so kind. It's obviously, you know, no easy fix. It's not like, you know, a, a light bulb needs changing or, you know, a, a jar needs opening. It's like, that's, you know, that's going to require some work. Mm. Um. So that was a kind offer of his, and then yeah, when I got back from physio, he was he was right there and ready and available to help, and um, we had this uh, wonderful interaction with a local Portuguese man. He's just uh, just over the valley from where I live. Me and Bennett turned up in Bennett's car, and uh, neither you know he didn't speak English, and our Portuguese certainly uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, and we're just sort of trying to muddle through with Google Translate and, you know, him and his wife are laughing and we're showing photos of the of the vehicle, you know, in the ditch and stuff like that. And, um, you know, eventually we do we do get through that, you know, we need his help and he's got a tractor. Can you can you come and pull the vehicle out? And very kindly, just, you know, in the middle of the day, we turn up and he drops everything and drives his beautiful tractor, which is, you know, from the 70s or something over the valley and um and come and helps us get the car out and i just had this beautiful sense um it was just such a fun morning and i just felt the involvement of all of my neighbors to to you know to alleviate the the obvious fact that i'm an idiot and clearly a terrible driver and you know (laughs) grace and cb lent me a car bennett offered to help and introduced me to miguel miguel came over and pulled out with his tractor and i was like oh this is such a great wonderful close community i just feel like i've got everything everything i need and you know while it while it you know it is a bit of a uh, an issue an ordeal to drive your car into a ditch it's so nice to just have have neighbors at your fingertips up, up the road that are so kind and willing uh to to generously give up their time and it's just uh 
yeah, it's just a good feeling. So there you go, Barry. Uh, I was I was grateful for Miguel and his tractor. <laughs> there you go. So what is the lesson learned here, Benji? Take maybe like some sort of, uh, you know, expert driving course or just improve improve a bit, you know, stop driving a car maybe, into ditches. Maybe fill in the ditch. Well, I'm leaving in a couple long. of days. <laughs> it, I mean, well, at I, least you could do it for the people that are coming back. You're like, oh, thanks for letting me stay in your house all summer. I filled in that ditch, by the way. That's a bit of a right. tricky one. You want to watch out for that. <laughs> I think they, I think they've got a handle on it. You know, to be honest, I think they know what they're doing. But um, yeah, it's it's for it's for drainage. It's so so that the water doesn't make the uh, make it uh, a slip and slide when it rains. So it's very important. Oh, I see. In the winter, uh, so got you. You know, the aim of the game is just just. You know, drive where the road is. Don't don't drive in the ditch. That's that's what we've learned. Ah, right, got you. Maybe you could put a mm. sheet of plywood over it or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you for your thank you for your <laughs> advice and solutions, but then they're they're ridiculous. Okay, you need to see the ditch. It's huge. It's like, it's a cavern. <laughs> you need to see the ditch before oh, you keep driving idiot, into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Well, I'm leaving. I'm leaving in a couple of days, so I'll I'll, I'll probably I'll probably never da- drive down the ditch again. Fingers crossed. And how do you feel about leaving? Because you've been there all summer. It's been quite lovely. You've, you've had a lovely time with the dog. You've had a lovely time with the snake. You've had a lovely time <laughs> there with Roz. You've made some lovely memories. How does it feel that uh, you know moving out of that place? Yeah, it's um, you know, I feel really lucky. Um, it's uh, it's it's not like I'm moving out of a wonderful situation situation to something lesser like I get to go and like move in move back in with Grace and Christian and Layla now who you know obviously I adore all three of them um and it's uh you know it's just a it's just another chapter it's another move and it's it's not uh I'm not sad but I you know I have had an incredibly wonderful time here um and it's it's certainly been you know some of the happiest months of my life um I'm certainly going to miss the dog. I've I've actually grown very very attached to Rue, and he's he's been he's been a joy to have around. He's been wonderful company, and you know uh, it's uh, it's been a while. I've definitely got attached to the, the house, this way of life, and and um, and the dog. And yeah, it is it is it is sad to move on, but uh, but you know it's just uh, lighter and brighter things to come. You know, watch this space. Uh, it, it, what's going to happen next? And it's a uh, it's an interesting and exciting life to lead. I guess you're not leaving the wonderful community that you just described. You're literally just moving up the road. Exactly, but uh, do yeah. you have any? Do you have any favourite memories from your summer in the little shack in the little lizard lounge? Mm, that's a nice question. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah. Roz came to stay for the best part of a month, and it was a you know it was a very peaceful and wonderful time uh, and we had a lot of fun there's, you know, I think I think I mentioned before there's a there's a lake which is the water feed to the house and uh, you know it's full of crayfish and, and we uh, you know we spent a few days uh, looking up how to make crayfish traps and we set them and we caught loads of crayfish and made a beautiful crayfish salad and a crayfish pasta and uh, yeah it just felt just felt very simple felt very easy felt like a a slow and simple way of life uh, that really, really suited both of us, and you know, it was a very happy time. And, and I know that we will, will certainly treasure it for, forever. It's a very, um, you know, fundamental joy 
to to catch your own food and cook it and eat it and uh and just yeah just live live the simple life the um the toilet here the, the compost toilet is uh certainly it's a poo with a view it's uh it's a, it's the best <laughs> toilet i've ever pooed on and it's just you know just no in way. the woods and looking out and it's you know there's no walls there's no privacy it's uh it's just uh it's just out in the open and yeah it's it's pretty wonderful that's awesome man that's so lovely i had a feeling when i asked that question what your answer would be and yeah that was that was what i thought it was going to be so that's really mm-hmm. lovely uh yeah. another question which is on the same sort of uh, wavelength Are there, is there anything that you're ready to let go of or looking forward to you know like for example i asked you about your favorite memory is there anything about the place that you're like being like oh well i can't wait for you know some sort of creature comfort that you've been missing for example <laughs> creature comfort is a very apt way i think the creatures is what i will miss the least i am certainly <laughs> looking forward to not uh jolting every time i feel something touch my ankle or or having to check under the sofa when i sit on it uh, I, it's uh it was quite scary the snake i did actually see another snake a couple of days ago i filmed it this time um but was it was it a tiny tiny no no it was a tiny tiny little snake it was uh it was about 15 centimeters long and very thin but it was very clearly a snake um and uh, yeah, I I wasn't scared by it, but I actually have to say, uh, just this evening as I was setting up, um, a huge spider crawled out from from under the cupboards and, and ran across the floor, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm used to you guys now. It's uh, it's not so bad. So um, <laughs> and I and you know, although it was a tiny snake, it was still a snake. Um, yeah. This this recent one, and I was like, oh, actually, you know, got up pretty close and was pretty fine with it, and I think oh, I think I'm certainly a lot more accustomed to them shall we say now so that was good um bold although small the snake was bold i got up close and started filming it and then as i filmed it it sort of turned to me raised up and started wiggling its way at me and i was like oh you're starting on me you're you're tiny but I, you know to be honest i was a little bit scared i was like, oh grim well, yeah better better step away <laughs> Um, no, it's just because you were filming it. It was just like into show business. It's like, hey, you're filming. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to go. Viral, Is this going to be on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, on the subject of spiders, I had a funny experience recently where Christina was here, and we had. Uh, she was looking for a pair of slippers, and I said, "Oh, there's one in the cupboard," and she pulled one out and she's like oh my god there's a spider and i was like you're not scared of a spider she's like it was massive i'm telling you i was like was it she's like it's run under the under the bed and i was like okay and she's like and i pulled out another slipper she's like it's in the slipper i was like is it though and i like tapped it on the floor three times and, and I, on the third one it came out and i was like ah! <laughs> it was it was enormous and i was like oh my god she's like you you said you weren't scared of spiders i was like yeah but that's massive <laughs> and then it ran away <laughs> but yeah it was it was so funny uh but it's that time of year isn't it where all the spiders are coming in and uh they're like oh it's getting cold outside you know we're looking for somewhere to hunker down and i'm like oh god uh yeah not a lot more cobwebs everywhere so yeah, yeah we've got a we've got a few spiders in the house but it's uh mm. it's okay you know they they're just you know they 
inhabit the dark corners and just gonna yeah keep they're not here to them. harm i guess the difference here is i happen to know that the spiders are venomous there is a few venomous snakes i'm definitely okay with the rats and the mice uh, I'm making it sound really quite feral, but like it's it's very intermittent, and uh, and you know the mice are very sweet. Like I said, the mice was happy to m- munch into my weed brownie, and you know wasn't perturbed by me disturbing it. Just carried on munching brownie, little fat stoner. <laughs> lovely job, lovely job. Oh mate, mm. that's awesome. So um, so I got some. I got well, I got some. I got um, a question for you. If you fancy it. Yeah, go on then. Uh, so I was thinking about some things uh, recently. I was actually thinking about uh, AI. Um, I was I was listening, as I do, to, to, to Alan Watts. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, would I, would I respect or would I be interested to use AI if... For example, Alan Watts was on Joe Rogan, or even there was some sort of, you know, AI app that simulated Alan Watts, and I could just go and ask him stuff. Would I value mm. his his wisdom from an AI perspective, and um, and and would I use it, and and how long for? And I I came to a couple of conclusions. I was like, well, actually, at first I was like, yeah, I think I would. I think I would certainly listen to a Joe Rogan that was speaking to Alan Watts and I would mm. certainly like to use Alan Watts's wisdom and then I thought as as I went on and like went through it in my head I think I thought well actually I think it would be quite vacuous and I think I would prefer to utilize the wisdom of uh of the original of the real real Alan Watts talks I would I would look through them rather than rather than like consult you know an artificially intelligent you know simulation of alan and uh, mm. i wanted to ask you like you know is there anyone that you would would like to see emulated by by artificial intelligence and how would you how would you value that person that's really interesting man so first of all i'd like to say on the subject of an ai alan watts i think that would be really cool because, you know, for the benefit of the listeners, we've spoken about this before, but there are Joe Rogan podcasts that exist without the original Joe Rogan. And people like, for example, uh, there was a, po- a podcast with Joe Rogan and Donald Trump, uh, Joe Rogan and Andrew Tate, and then Joe Rogan with the guy who in- who invented ChatGPT. And they are remarkable. While they're not perfect, they are absolutely remarkable. And because Joe Rogan's got a huge uh, backlog of uh, audio files and transcripts to go off of his responses and voice can be quite predictable as well as Alan Watts you know the whole back catalogue of, of Alan Watts is on the waking up app so I think it would be very interesting I think you could definitely get some gems of wisdom in fact I think it could even be a little bit better than real Alan really? Watts and that is a yeah I do I think it's controversial to say that but I think uh, if if something like ChatGPT or, or an AI version of Alan Watts took all of Alan Watts' past wisdom and put it into an algorithm that spit out new wisdom, it could even do a better job than Alan Watts. And that is horrible. That is definitely controversial. And I think that is uh, something that you might disagree with. But uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, 
this is this is what I went through in my head. I was like, oh, I would definitely really love to have a a, a you know face to face or at least you know audio to audio conversation with Alan if that was available if I could just like log on to a website mm. and just speak to Alan Watts I was like that would be so valuable but I would know you know I might basically what I what I came to came to think is that I would find it novel and I would certainly enjoy the novelty for some time but it would be a novelty that would wear off and actually if I really wanted Alan Watts's wisdom I would need. I would eventually just go back to him. I'd be like, "Oh, that's fun," but maybe for two or three goes, and then I'd be like, "Well, actually, it's you know, there's something profound and important about you know the the tangible stuff, the 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 real stuff," and I think that would I think that would win for me. And there was um, there's a, a podcaster slash comedian called uh, Duncan Trussell that I absolutely love. And he did a rant about AI uh, before one of his podcasts recently, and it really hit home because um, he was talking about artwork. And as someone who used to be a freelance illustrator, I sort of stopped doing it not that long ago. And then as that happened, just watched AI completely become far more efficient and effective at creating artwork. You know, what what idiot would, would pay you know, an illustrator, you know, 50, 50 euros an hour, you know, whatever, 400 a day to to create something when you can just type it in online mm. and it's created instantaneously for, you know, a fraction of the price, if not free. And Duncan was saying, actually, what he thinks is going to happen with this AI revolution is that AI is just going to churn out a bunch of, like, lifeless... Uh, shallow work that doesn't have like the human spirit within it and that's really so much of what makes art art is the human spirit like the 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 urinal by um Duchamp you know it's not it's not incredible that it's created by a human he didn't make the urinal he just made it art and um and it's the human spirit that that makes it art and all this stuff that is going to be you know just relentlessly churned out by the ai is actually not going to have the value of art and actually it's going to create like a like probably an apt snobbery and like you know uh, an even more beautiful sparkle to to stuff that is created by by humans and i i really i really valued that opinion well, it's. I don't think it's any surprise that Duncan would say that, um, knowing what he's like. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people that would value human-made art over, you know, artificial, artificially made art with with algorithms mm-hmm. and and clever computers. But I don't think. I think there's a. I've I've seen some beautiful artwork from AI prompts, that, and of course because it can generate, you know, it can make a thousand pieces of artwork an hour or maybe more. Um, it does seem less valuable because it can just churn them out. Um, I just, I'm still on the fence because I think it could help people make artwork. Like it could help artists create new artwork. Um, I'm mm. not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that. I think, of course, there's going to be that initial uh, hesitation. You know, like, oh, I don't want AI. C- creating all the artwork what about the beautiful you know art from real people but i think i don't know i think that is 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 maybe 
an old school belief that probably will die out within generations and, and kids will just grow up with AI art and, and value it just as just as nicely. Um, or I, I might be mistaken. I don't know. I'm not sure I have a strong opinion on it, but it's not surprising that Duncan Trussell had that had that opinion. Hmm. Well, I, I think maybe uh, if you think of it like the, the invention of the photograph, you know, up until the invention of the photograph, all art was, you know, realism. It was realistic. It was like the closest you can possibly get to imitating real life, you know, landscapes, portraits. It was detailed. It was, you know, as accurate as possible. And as soon as the photograph sort of did away with the with the the value in that, that's what sparked, you know, the, you know, Dada surrealist movement. And, you know, suddenly art could could warp reality and it was you know you know Dali melting clocks and stuff like that it it just added a new dimension and i think that ai maybe can do that as well because you know one might use ai to be like oh i'm, I'm gonna i just want a, a thumbnail for my for my podcast or i want a book cover or but you know art that's created for art's sake by humans like suddenly has this like much much more profound, deeper, deeper value. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have the same panache as AI. You wouldn't mm. like necessarily like there might be a fad of AI artwork being in museums, or you know, maybe there'll be museums for AI artwork. But mm. to have artwork for artwork's sake, I think is always going to be, you know, it's going to be valued that it's got the human spirit within it. Absolutely. I've got two, two points sprung to mind. One would be, I don't think AI could ever take away the joy of making art. Like sometimes mm. I find myself, if I'm in the middle of painting or drawing, I find myself wanting to get to the end of it, being like, I can't wait to finish this piece of artwork so I can hang mm. it on the wall and look at it. When, mm. when uh, quite often what happens is I'll finish it and be like, oh man, I forgot to enjoy the process. Like the whole point mm. is is painting and creating and enjoying the process of being like, oh, what's this piece of artwork going to look like? You know, mm. using the the sort of visual prompts and being like, uh, you know, I want I want it to look like this. And um, I'll usually like mock it up on Procreate and then like uh, transfer it to a canvas and then paint it and then like blend the colors. And that is the joy of it. And sometimes I get mm. to the end and be like, oh, I don't have a... A piece of artwork to do anymore although it is also very glorious to finish a piece of artwork and be like amazing i finished it i can hang it on the wall um yes yeah, so that's lovely the other thing i thought of was this is only the beginning man so you might think that ai artwork is not that great now or you might think it's it's absolutely fantastic but this is only the beginning at the moment ai artwork is only mimicking the prompts that we give it and imagine if we could so imagine the closed eye visuals you get with psychedelics. And sometimes I think this is the most insanely mm. beautiful artwork I've ever seen. It's it's like the, the most beautiful, intricate picture. I feel like I could zoom in and the details just keep getting more mm. and more clear. You know, the clarity and vibrance of the, you know, it's, it's almost indescribable. But if you could describe that to an AI and it'd be like, oh, you want psychedelic closed eye visuals? Or how about this? You'd be like, oh my God. Like what about art that was alive, art that moved, art that wasn't, you know, just static. Like Ooh. I think the possibilities could be incredible and we might think of art as, as paintings at the moment, but it could be, you know, if I could have mm. a canvas of closed eye visuals on mushrooms, I would be like, "Yes, please. I'll have that constantly sharing away in the in the on my wall and and just get lost in it every, every now and then." So, 
But then, of course, yeah, would that become novelty? Would that just be like, oh, it's another one of those, you know? It's like, oh, I've seen mm. one of those before. Well, to 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 add on to that point, like you know, uh, this this uh, this is an interesting concept. Like you know, perhaps we are already art. Like you know, with the with what AI can can do, it could certainly you know, in the not too distant future, it could simulate universes. It could simulate you know, the the evolution of mankind, the evolution of intelligence, and perhaps that's what's already happening. Perhaps we are you know. But a simulation in a in a pre uh, from a you know a previously ascended reality dimension whatever like what you know are we are we already you know just just the product of some AI that has you know created this little universe in which we miraculously involved and are there you know billions of other simulations just just playing out the same nonsense all over. And I guess back to uh, simulation this, theory. <laughs> I mean, I just you know how I love simulation theory, and I and I often try and try and um, pull away the sort of grotesqueness of it. I I can I know lots of people that sort of cringe at the idea that this is not real and what is real, and you know, to there is a there is certainly a snobbery to to you know what, what's real. But would you have that snobbery? If we, if you knew we weren't real, if we were, if we were a simulation, Ooh. and I, deep question, I, I, I've I've said before, like simulation, the word simulation sounds, you know, automated. It sounds artificial. It sounds digital. But you can switch the word simulation for creation, and and you can, you know, you can switch us for us for God. Like if we. If we got to the level that we could, you know, create a, a very realistic simulation, we would be God to that simulation, and it's, it doesn't make it, for for me, it doesn't it doesn't take away any any sort of spirituality that I have, uh, any sort of spiritual feeling I have towards our existence. So it it just means that the beings that that made us or made our simulation are, you know, certainly more intelligent and elevated than us, and 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 it's quite reasonable to. To think of them as as uh, as a god of sorts, and that leads me on to another question I wanted to ask you, because um, uh, you know it's no secret that both of us take mushrooms quite a lot, usually uh, ceremoniously, and um, you know we've we've taken DMT as well, another really like very strong um, psychedelic. Uh, you've done ayahuasca as well before, and mm-hmm. personally for me these drugs have really quite a um, a spiritual tone to them i certainly believe that i you know i'm talking to an intelligence that isn't always accessible and i know that our perspectives differ on this so i wanted to just like ask you barefaced uh with nowhere to run like <laughs> hey man like what do you believe like what do you believe about about god about the afterlife and like who are you experiencing who are you talking to when you go down the rabbit hole of dimethyltryptamine or, or mushrooms or anything like that okay uh that's uh you blindsided me with this i think I, I have an answer i just need to take a moment so my answer would be with with mushrooms uh i think it's different with different substances with mushrooms i believe it's just ch- chatting with myself it's like i'm removed i'm having introspective thoughts they're very beautiful but they seem very much to be coming from within 
or you know sometimes maybe from the mushrooms but that sounds a little bit too airy fairy for uh, it's not comfortable like me using that linguistically like oh it's from the mushrooms the the mushrooms are magic i do believe you know psilocybin comes from the mushrooms and then you have this introspective chat with yourself and obviously it's it's beautiful you get some uh dopamine released in the brain some serotonin and it's it's wonderful it's beautiful it's it's a very classic psychedelic experience with lsd uh i feel like it's very almost almost identical to mushrooms but it almost seems a little bit digital, almost like as mm. if you could poke, if you could pull back the curtain and see the mm-hmm. code of the mm. matrix, you know, mm. and and it feels like if we were in a simulation, that would be a little glitch in the code. Like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Got a cheat code. You... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm glad that this is resonating with you. So, so yeah, um, Mushrooms is probably, yeah. And then LSD is a bit digital. So it feels like if we were in a simulation, like I say, it would be like a little glitch in the code. Um, Now, ayahuasca, uh, that was something very, very different for me. So for me and many people, I had the experience of hearing a voice or like something communicating with me. Um, First, it was uh, through language. And it was a female voice. And I remember thinking, now that doesn't sound like it's coming from me. That doesn't sound like it's my internal monologue. That sounds Mm. like someone's talking to me. And then it started communicating with me through other ways. Like, again, it's going to start sounding a bit hippy-dippy. But this is my experience of it. And this was my, you know, anecdotal experience. And it's also a very very common experience for people to have. But it was communicating with me in a way that if you were a god uh you would like uh, i think language is a blunt tool for communication it's very mm, good yeah. it's very handy but like if you were to communicate something without language you'd communicate it fully you know i'd ask a question and i would just instantly comprehend the answer with every mm. you know mm. molecule of my body and i'd be like oh that's probably how gods communicate you know uh, yeah or like higher beings, like they don't use language, mm. of course, like language can be misinterpreted, but you can't mi- misinterpret it, misinterpret this flawless way of communicating. And that mm. felt very much like it was coming from outside of my body. And it was some sort of female energy that was communicating with me. But then, you know, you come away from that experience, your 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 rational brain starts kicking in. And you're like, <laughs> well, was it? Mm. I don't know, man. I don't really, you know, maybe I don't believe in that sort of stuff, you know, and so that would be my answer for that. And then with stuff like DMT, which is the active ingredient in dimethyltryptamine, but smoking it gives a, a different experience. And that was whoa, bonkers, absolutely bonkers. I mean, <laughs> this, uh, definitely, definitely feels like something outside of me was communicating with me in a mm. very beautiful way, but it was less coherent pretty crazy and different every time and very hard mm-hmm. to put in to words but uh does any of that resonate with you yeah i i, I agree um with all of that i've i have not had uh, an experience with uh, with ayahuasca um but uh yeah i have had an experience with um well i've had plenty of experiences with with dmt with um with lsd and um and with mushrooms and yeah i i i can agree um about uh the mushrooms feels like uh it feels like it could very well be you know just accessing the best version of myself 
uh, and the most sort of like collected, kind, and um, and loving version of myself. That's the that's the way. That's who I get to communicate with. Um, I'm not quite sure how you know how I suddenly access this you know better version of myself, but obviously the mushrooms, you know, the the psilocybin is what facilitates it. But I definitely do have you know. Um, it has spiritual overtones to me. I really do think that there is, there is some sort of accessible higher intelligence, and I, I happen to believe that it's it's a collective consciousness of of the universe of everything, not just not just humankind, mm-hmm. but uh, you know the the consciousness of every every atom, every molecule, every cell is uh, is a collective, and and you know through the different substances you can you can access that and. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's pretty undeniable for me when you take something like uh, when you smoke something like DMT, and you have these you know these interactions with these entities, like you say that communicate through through emotion and and feeling and just you know you just comprehend it. You you have a mm. conversation that is entirely in the language of emotion, and it's you know there's no misunderstanding. You can't be like mm. oh what does that person mean by the word angry or frustrated. Is it the same as what I mean? Uh, no, you just you just know what it feels like, and you have this undeniable conversation with something that you you know you're pretty sure is very removed from me. You don't recognise yourself in it. You do you do feel that there are many more moving parts, and you know it's far more dexterous and diverse than you could ever imagine yourself being. And like you say, that the beings can often you know, take similar shapes. Like there's lots of anecdotes of people um, saying something be like, oh yeah, I saw that person and I saw that entity and that goddess, whatever. And it's, you mm. know, it's often quite, um, you know, it's quite relatable. Uh, and I, yeah, I feel, you know, I, de- I definitely feel like I'm going to, you know, visit, visit an old friend when I'm, when I'm taking uh, mushrooms, psilocybin. I'm like, oh great, I get to go and talk to this this person, this mm. version of myself, and I'm I'm reluctant to use use words like like God because I haven't quite worked out how I want to, you know, how I like to say it, or because it's you know such a heavy word that's taken in so many different forms. But it definitely is um, something that I feel that is you know beyond beyond myself. Mm. So, do you think that um, it's possible that? if we do have free will and these substances are available to us, that perhaps if we are living in a simulation, they're just little programs that we can download briefly, you know, it's just like, <laughs> a little bit of code. And like the, the LSD is just like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. Um, but yeah, if, 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 if we are living in a simulation, then, well, it's, it's getting a bit deep. It's getting a bit deep, but yeah, it's, oh, it's the, substances are very powerful i think they can be very very useful for for introspection and just fascination really uh even mm. taken in a in a recreational or even just a curious state of be like oh i wonder what that is like i've heard those guys talk about it on a podcast but I, mm. i've got really no frame of reference what is it like and then someone will maybe have an experience and be like oh my god that is like that's like everything what they described and also nothing like what they described like it was you know i had no idea that but like it was yeah it was it's crazy i mean yeah i mean it's making me feel a bit weird just talking about it because i don't know every time i think about those those higher states that gets me uh almost 
Yeah, there by proxy. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to uh, backtrack a little bit because you asked me a question earlier and uh, I had two parts to it, but I I never answered it. But I also wanted to, to reflect it back to you. You said if AI could bring back Alan Watts, if, if, if I could have AI bring back anyone, who would I have a conversation with? Well, I thought of an answer, but I wanted to ask you, um, before I give my answer, if, if if you could have a conversation with someone that AI could bring back dead or alive or anyone, um, who would it be? That was a, that's a good question. And uh, uh, it's funny, uh, funny to say that, actually. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I've got a number of people that I would certainly like to talk to. Uh, and in that moment when you asked me uh, what jumped to my mind was was my dad. I'd definitely definitely have a have a chat with him. I don't think there's uh, there's enough data on him to to come up with a realistic uh, example. But you know, if if we're talking about a hypothetical, that would definitely be an interesting person to have a conversation with for me. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting, man. Because that was uh, that was what came up for me as well. Because I thought, you know what? Um, really? it, it, again, there's no body of of data to go off of um but if mm. you could time travel yeah and like have this ai version of my dad obviously you know going from the last podcast there would be a lot of questions <laughs> yeah, i'd like to ask got some questions like, hey. buddy sit down <laughs> yeah you know well what did go mm. on on that uh on that november night but yeah um mm. no and just so many other questions you know not gonna not, not gonna just question him over that i'd be like you know what was yeah, yeah. what was life like for you man like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it would be great and also mm. another person who I never knew, um, but my my granddad. Uh, I never. Mm. I I can't remember ever meeting my my real granddad. Like so, my dad's dad because he was he was mm. quite old. Uh, apparently, his name was Fred. I was I was named after him. But to to see what the ge- like generations, you know, just being mm. like, so this is what my dad. Uh, you know, oh, I've got so many questions about like your life or how you grew up, you know, and then to see his dad and ask him loads of questions and be like, you know, this is my lineage. This is my, this is my DNA and be like, what was it like mm. for you? What was it like for you? And um, this is what it's like for me. And it must be an enormous change, you know, an, an enormous shift. And that would be such a fascinating conversation to, to have with, mm. with one's descendants, you know, that would be bonkers. And you could be able to learn mm. so, so much. I couldn't agree more. the the um, The closest example I've had to that actually is, is not far off it. Um, really interestingly, it was only very recently, for the first time, I ever watched um, my mum and dad's uh, wedding video. Something that my mum had been, you know, uh, imploring me to to watch for some time, and for whatever reason, I just hadn't been compelled to, or you know, hadn't made the time. I haven't, don't really have a good excuse. Um, and it was only maybe maybe a year, two years ago, that I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to. Let's let's sit down and watch him. And what's crazy is, you know, there's photos of my of my father all over my mum's house. I, I know what he looks like. Like we look very similar. Um, mm. People that know me and knew him will be like, oh, you're so like your father, and you know your mannerisms mm. and a lot of the things that I love. You know, we, we have a lot of similarities in our in our personalities and our mannerisms or so I hear obviously I've got no mm. direct examples myself so the moment mum turned on this this wedding video was remarkable because it starts wow. with with a back shot of from from the back of the church looking at the back of my dad's head and like the instantly I was like oh that's me 
I can see that's me, like the way he stands. Just that he hadn't even wow. moved yet. And I was like, wow, it's like looking at me. And then obviously I got to watch the whole the whole video. All right, uh, sorry, stopping right there. My, um, oh no, it hasn't. My Mac's about to die. So obviously I got to, um, I got to watch the whole video. And yeah, to observe his mannerisms in detail close up was just incredible. Because um, it was just like looking in a mirror. And then I even got to watch his his speech and you know I'd heard his voice for the first time never heard his voice before and it was just so amazing wow. to me I was like oh my god I can't believe I've gone this long I'm in my in my 30s and I've never seen this video through to even like observe my father this is the only video footage audio footage available for him and I'm just seeing it now and it was mind-blowing to me to just like see where I'd come from and how obvious it was that I'd come from there, you know. He was—he's a bumbling idiot as well, basically. Is is yeah. what it boiled down to. But like uh, an adorable one, um, and uh, yeah, it was—it was beautiful, and it meant a lot to my mom as well um, for me to see him and 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 you know just just know him know him a little better. Uh, so if if that opportunity arose, I'd I'd definitely like to take it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That actually made me slightly emotional when you were, when you were talking about that because mm. it, it must be. Like seeing a ghost, like seeing a ghost, you know? Yeah. And yeah. A one that looks like you and talks like you and being like, <laughs> oh my God, shit. Like, of course you're my dad. Like that, I've got the same, I've got the same, I'm made up of the same DNA. Like that, mm. of course that's yeah. you. I've got pictures of my dad and we look very, very similar. And it's, it's crazy. Like I saw a picture of my dad and, and I, I remember like me and my mum both looked at it and we're like, oh God, that really, really looks like me, doesn't it? Like he... Mm. He's a good-looking man. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was when he was younger, obviously. And, yeah, and it makes me think, like, that some of the pictures I've got of him uh, when he's he's a lot older. Most of the pictures I've got of him, he's he's older. And I'm like, shit, am I going to look like that when I'm older? Like, already I think (laughs) I'm doing – I'm way ahead of the curve because I don't smoke and I don't drink. And he he did did both quite heavily, so he he didn't age too gracefully. And in fact, uh, well, let me think. I'm 41 now. I think I can't. I don't even know how old he was when he died. But I think, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely, I'm looking far better, <laughs> far better. You know, I think. How gracious it's a testament. of you. Well, it's a testament. I wonder to, if you're to, as to, modest to... as him. <laughs> not in, not in, like, and I'm more handsome than him. But <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, I, no. you know, like, you know, my. My hair looks better. My my skin looks better. I'm not. I'm. You know. He had a tough life. He had a tough life, and he he was suffered from alcoholism, and he smoked. You know, apparently sixty cigarettes a day, and that shows. You know, I think he was. At least only... he wasn't disabled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that was a ter- terribly yeah, harsh joke, but I had to take it. <laughs> no, it's great. It was good. It was good timing. It was good timing. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! So, uh, how's the how's the battery on your MacBook looking? Uh, it terrible! It could die? cut. It could cut out at any moment, and because only one of my ports works, as soon as as soon as I plug it in, I have to unplug the mic. So it's a, it's an admin nightmare. Wonderful. Well, I hope that um, maybe we should like wrap this podcast up because I don't want to like lose this audio. If your MacBook dies, that would be a tragedy. That's a very but... good point. Yeah, All right, let's wrap possible. it up. Do you have a joke? I don't have a joke. I'm panicking. Damn it. 
<laughs> well, I ended on the, the disabled joke, which is horribly on PC and, <laughs> and offensive to many people, I'm sure. It is, it is, absolutely. Um, all right, a, 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 a quick joke, a quick joke. Um, what do you call it when Batman skips church? I don't know, what do you call it? Christian Bale. <laughs> Nice one. Nice one. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, let's uh, let's wrap this potty up before uh, Benji loses the audio and his MacBook dies. Okay. All right. Well, sweet. Thanks, man. Thanks for a lovely one. And um, yeah, everyone, thanks for your thanks for your ears. Thanks for your time. Keep grateful hearts and open minds. That was a beautiful, beautiful send off, man. You did. You did. You said you were gonna like. Uh, Step it up from last week when I nicked your uh, Dave Chappelle <laughs> sign-off. So uh, let's leave it there. <laughs> oh man, love you lots. Take it easy, guys. Peace and love. Ciao. That was a good potty. Thanks so much for joining us in this conversation. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have. And I just wanted to let you know that you can now contact us at apesontape.chat at gmail.com. That's apesontape.chat at gmail.com. We're always eager to hear from you and we value your thoughts and feedback. So until next time, farewell, dear listeners. Stay curious, stay inspired and keep the conversation alive. And may your adventures be filled with wisdom and wonder. Peace. Peace.